Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! with you on a Victory Wednesday edition. That's about to say, I've lost track of the days now. It's, it's, it's too late at night for this kind of stuff. Uh, we'll, we got a lot of rumblings questions. We'll get to those soon. We're also going to start off with MSU basketball, but we want to start off by thanking you for tuning in. Wherever you're listening from, we appreciate all of our listeners, especially the servicemen and women taking care of, out, taking care of us out there. Every listener is is a, one of our favorites, but one of our favorites today. We got a special shout out to one of our listeners. Uh, you know, he's he's working over there in Colorado, and uh, you know, here's here's a, a thing, uh, listeners. If you have a uh, a request for us to give a shout out to somebody, and you work at St. Aloysius High School in Vicksburg, I'll be happy to do it. <laughs> you have a special place in your heart. Yeah. For the, the rest of you, flash. I can't help you. As, as much. It just depends on the situation. But if you work at St. Allen, you want a shout-out, I'll give it to you. So Jeremy Beasley knocked that presentation out of the park today. I'll tell you how to do it, Jeremy. You waltz in there, and when the thing starts up, you look at every one of them right in the eye, and you, and say, you say, Woo! That's what you say. And then all of a sudden, everything's going to go And the bottom A-okay. line is this. Uh, <laughs> just go straight double A on them. I like it. All right. Uh, let's thank our sponsors as well. Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They are taking care of you. Took care of me on I'll Tuesday. Say, you, you were like legit taken care of. Yeah. The, the big boss man. Dang right. Saw you and was like, no, no, don't. his money's no good. Man, that uh, was, that's good stuff. It's good to have friends in high places. It does. And there, there's no higher place than Strange Brew Coffee House. They, they are the the the, uh, the kings of the eat local scene here in Starkville. also want to thank our friends over at College Corner. Check them out online at collegecornerstore.com or visit either of their two locations in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet or in Flowood over by Half Shell and look at their incredible selection of MSU merchandise, logo wear, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies. At this time of year, you, if you haven't gotten your warm weather stuff, your warm weather maroon and white, now's the time to start doing that. Of course, the holiday season coming up. Put those things in under the tree that you want to see your family in. And when you use our podcast promo code THUNDER online, or if you just mention the Thunder and Lightning podcast when you shop, at either location, they'll take 15% off that order. So you're saving money. You save money when you shop at College Corner. Thanks to Thunder and Lightning. You're welcome. You're dang right. I mean, not only do we provide you the most consistent, most informative, most entertaining podcast in the Mississippi State Universe, mm-hmm. we essentially hand you money. We just did. I mean, <laughs> you know you what know I have to say to that? It's no better than that. You know what I say to that? What's that? Your brush with greatness is over. Actually, for today, it's just beginning. It's just beginning. Yeah, we got a long show because we got a lot of questions. But let's start with MSU basketball. Uh, Bulldogs get off to a good start in terms of the win loss record. Not a good start in the game itself, but 1 0 on the season now. 77 69 is the final score. I think what we saw tonight, Joel, is what we're going to see a lot of in conference or in uh, non conference play until Nick Weatherspoon returns. State is just sort of limited in what it can do in the backcourt. They have three guards, mm-hmm. they got three guards. To the point where I'm not sh- I'm not entirely sure that Howland shouldn't look at some sets that have Robert Woodard at the two because he can handle he'd be all right up there but you've got well I told you tonight that to me body wise DJ kind of looks like Robert and he plays the two so. yeah so I, I could make it work but you've got you know I, I thought Iverson Molinar was very impressive as as a first start 14 points for him shooting 50 percent from the field uh, Tyson Carter. A lot of good, you know, 23 points, seven rebounds, three assists. He had six steals in this game, but then there's some bad. He had eight of MSU's 18 turnovers. Reggie Perry, very quiet, 13 points and seven rebounds, 
but he never really asserted himself. It never made his presence really, really, truly known. Yeah. Uh, almost a double-double for Robert Woodard. He was 9 points, 8 rebounds. Sort of similar. Very quiet. The, the front court was very quiet. Carter sort of carried the way with his 20, 23 points, 5 of 9 shooting from behind the arc. We got sort of what Howland told us about, that FIU, they wanted to press and, and play with a lot of speed. Their problem was they just didn't make enough shots. That's, does that seem fair? Yeah, it does. And uh, early on, though, man, because of the turnovers, because of the the amount of offensive rebounds and such that, that FIU was getting, State just wasn't getting many shots up, period. Um, and I think at one point we looked and FIU had like 10, 12 more shots than State had, and that was pretty early in the first half. And um, there, there was one point where I looked at you and things just weren't going so great for State, and I was like, hey, we may be – we may be discussing a loss tomorrow on the show, but but lo and behold, state state kind of settled. And and Howland made a good point in the post game. Uh, when when you looked at the numbers early on, FIU was just out rebounding state to death. Um, but some of that was some bad bounce, just air balls right in the hands of FIU, that sort of deal. Some things didn't really go State's way early, too. And then when things kind of started to settle down and, and even out, uh, State got going. They had the 20-5 to run at the end of the first half, which I don't want to say it was the difference in the game, but it kind of – I mean, that was what put State up. They never trailed again. I think right. I think FIU tied, tied it. it in the second yeah. half, but um, that, that was pretty much the difference in the game. And, of course, Tyson was a big part of that, and – uh, Iverson was a big part of that. I thought Iverson, to me, Iverson had to play of the game because it was 62 60. Mm-hmm. And uh, he dri- he drives in the lane and gets the layup and gets fouled. Yeah. Has the and one. State goes up five. And I don't think that FIU ever got any closer from there. That that kind of. You're correct. That, that was the separation that. They that, went from five to seven to eight, nine, ten, yeah, and so on and so fr- forth. From that, that and one by Iverson, I thought was, was probably the play of the game. But it. I don't know, just a good night all around for State. Yeah. My, my question for State after just one game is, what happens on the nights when Tyson Carter's not hot? Right. Well, that's where you, you think maybe Reggie Perry can give you more. You yeah. know, Woodard can give you more. You know, I, those are two guys I thought could score double digits. You know, maybe combined for, you know, 30 points a game, and yeah. tonight you got 22 yeah. out of them. Because I, I don't mean to be critical of Tyson here. I love Tyson Carter. I've, I've loved him since he was in, in high school, but – I've seen some games from Tyson. We've seen some of them here at State where he can be red hot and just drill everything, and he can also not be hot. Right. I mean, he's, he's and, and yeah. that goes with any shooter. You know, the, a, a guy that, that shoots uh, the three ball and, and, and relies on his shot as much as he does. Um, you know, you can have those off nights. But you're right. I, I mean, if if he does, you would think that that Perry could give you a little more than what he gave you on. Seems, seems weird that we're sitting here complaining about a thirteen point seven rebound night or whatever it was. From Perry, well, that's that's the standard he's raised he the sets, expectation. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I disagree with you. I didn't think that. Uh, I never thought that State was going to lose. I felt like they they would come back. State did this yeah. last year a lot too. They would start slow, slow and then, starts, and yeah. then just put, and put it together and about midway through the first half and take the lead. And you know. They were. They don't take anything away from Florida and National. They're a good team. Are they an NCAA tournament team? I'm sure Ben Howland would have us believe so, but probably not. But they are a team that they play a brand of basketball that makes it difficult, especially in the first game of the year, and especially when you're missing a key part of your backcourt rotation. But on all from issue, not a whole lot to take from this game. Not a whole lot that I'm going to say one way or the other. But they got the win, and they looked pretty good doing it. They they look like they have the talent to get there. It's a little disappointing with somebody like Prince Aduro to only play two minutes. You know, you think about it, he's been out for a year, and you're thinking, 
maybe he's going to make an impact. Not so much. Well, Howland even said post game, I've got to get him in more, which is kind of what we heard about Robert, Robert Woodard, Woodard last year. year. We'll so. see how that goes. Or, or a guy like Devin Butts, who you know, with the the, the minutes that are available in the backcourt, I guess it's a little disappointing that he hasn't seized some small role. He might get one as the season progresses. Um, a guy we hadn't mentioned yet, and you mentioned him as we were sitting there watching the game, that mm-hmm. I thought had a pretty good game. I don't know, his stat line may not have been all that impressive, but Keyshawn Fizell. He looked like he, a much better player. He looked like a much better player. Fizell on the night had four points, three rebounds. He did foul out of the game, but he had an, I mean, he had an assist. He didn't. He only turned the ball over one time. Did he have any blocks or steals? I mean, he doesn't have to be a superstar. He, right. He just – Well, he, he played a role tonight. Yeah. You know, he played uh, – how many minutes did he have? 25 minutes. So, I mean, last year he might have played 25 minutes in like five games. And I know he may have fouled out or something, but that's okay. Get, let him get some of those fouls instead of better, – Better him getting fouls than Reggie Perry who had two yeah. and Robert Woodard who had none. Yeah, how many did Abdul have? Abdul only had one. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and Abdul had a lot of foul issues last year, if I remember yeah. correct. So. Yeah. So, yeah, all in all, from Mississippi State, a very positive night. Obviously, the 18 turnovers is something you want to cut down on. But they shot 54% from the field. They shot 36% from behind the arc. From the line, not exactly great. And Howland hit on that. Only 10 of 17 from the line. They want to be better than that. Well, a lot of that struggle from the line was, was Iverson. Tonight, Four of eight, and, yeah. and uh, how long was talking post game about how Iverson had mama and daddy in the stands and first college game and yeah. little nerves and things, and talking about how he's a much better free throw shooter than that. And so, yeah. you expect that for, for like and Iverson, they, those nerves it. will calm down. The way that the game was played, state didn't get a lot of opportunities at the line, only, only a total of 27 free throws in this game. You think you know the way referees are that we're gonna have some games where both teams shoot 27 free throws, yeah. Themselves. So. I thought the night was actually a pretty well officiated game for the most part. Don't don't or some wood. Knock on the wood, Joel. Come on. <laughs> I'm just saying we always dog on refs. I mean, I thought tonight went somewhat okay. It, it, that's the point, though. Don't jinx it. Don't don't speak that into existence. <laughs> well, I mean, we know it's not. Don't gonna... you put that evil on me, Joel Coleman? <laughs> yeah, we know it's downhill from here, no, even, right. even if we don't mention it. So right. uh, might as well praise them while we have a chance. MSU back in action on Friday at 7 p.m. at the Hump against Sam Houston State. They beat a team called Paul Quinn College, which I looked up. It is the uh, oldest historically black college west of the Mississippi. Okay. Enrollment is 551. How many kids go to Choctaw Central? I didn't go to Choctaw Central. Well, how many kids go there, though? You, you would know that, wouldn't you? They were, what, a 4A school? Are you referring to Choctaw County? Is it Choctaw County or Choctaw which Central? It, Choctaw Central is down in Philadelphia. Which oh, is, okay. I'm sorry. Yes, Choctaw County. Checked out. That's a three A school. Okay, so they're probably around uh, four or five hundred kids. I, I, I mean, I'm just guessing five hundred. Yeah. So this college has as many. <laughs> is what I'm trying to get at. That's a roundabout way to get there. But yes, yeah, so small college. They beat the heck out of them. I think by forty points, something like that. But much tougher test for Sam Houston State when they come to Mississippi State on Friday. I'll be at the Hump. We'll see if you are there as well. All right, let's dive into these questions. If we miss your questions, first off, as I always say, it was blame, on purpose. B- blame Brian. It was on purpose. I don't pick which questions get read, so I don't blame not, Joel. Blame I Brian. did not skip your question by accident. <laughs> I did not like your question. I was going to say, though, if they are skipped, just know that I can't speak for Thunder, but Lightning loves you. Okay. Continue. All right. Our first question today is uh, Tanner Marler, who wants to know, with the home opener today that we just talked about, uh, who has to step up as the one for the first half of the season of men's basketball. So I guess, you know, is he talking about... one is in the position? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, that'd be Tyson Carter. It's got to be Tyson Carter, yeah. If you're talking about who has to step up as the alpha dog, that's got to be Reggie. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that's... So, we'll go with that. Blake Thompson wants to know, if you could relive your senior year of any fictional TV high school, which is it and why? So, Joel T. Coleman, roaming the halls of... I tell you what, I love my wife. Mm Mm-hmm. 
dearly, would would die immediately for her if need be. Mm-hmm. But back in high school now, I'm thinking back to pre me starting to date my wife, which was towards the end of my senior year of yeah. high school. So before that, I got to go Bayside because Kelly Kapowski was my girl. Yeah, that's a good choice. So I, I got to go after Kelly. That's a good choice. Uh, being a football fan that I am and wanting to play high school football, I'm going to go to Dillon High School. There you go. Not only that, but there was no shortage of beautiful women there that's either. That's very true. I'm not sure that me and uh, Lila Garrity could have had a chance with each other, <laughs> but I, I'd have gave it the old college try. You seem more like a uh, tall blonde. What's her name? I, I wouldn't have turned that now. What was her name? Tim Riggins' girl at the beginning. There was Lila, and what's the other one? What's her name? Oh, gosh. Uh, Landry eventually had the thing for her. Yeah. How am I not remembering her name? She was like Superwoman, too, and, and uh, or Supergirl. Or her name is similar to Lila, too, is what's going to bother me. <sighs> Tyra. Tyra. There it is. Yes. I, Tyra is another one, yeah. And I mean, they, 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 to be honest with you, old, old Brian might have, you know, Gone after uh, the coach's wife there, to be totally honest oh, with Tammy. you. Oh, Tammy. She's good looking. But regardless, Dylan High, I, I want to I play she's for She's more your age bracket, too. Well, now, but I'm 18 in this situation. <laughs> but, yeah, I would, uh, I'd would i like to go get me a state championship ring with the Dylan Panthers. So Matt Saracen and uh, coach's daughter. That was one of the cool – Like yeah. just, that was just fun to me watch. That whole dynamic. Been, I think me and Saracen would have been buddies. <laughs> so. And if, you know, if, if my – my real life persona got to be what I was. I would have been in starting left tackle, so we'd have had to have some sort of relationship. I don't know if I would have had a shot with Coach's daughter, but I, I kind of picture myself a little bit. I would have gone Saracen after Coach's that daughter. Show. Yeah, no, that had been no tough. circumstances. Uh, let's see here. The Red Devil Dog wants to know what's your number one pet peeve, and what would you like to do to fix it? His is driving slow in the left lane. I like to put big vinyl letters on my tailgate that said, "If I pass you on the right, you're an idiot." I agree with that. My biggest pet peeve is mm-hmm. one that I can easily fix. What's that? And I do fix it quite frequently. What is it? Wet socks. Ooh. Like if my feet get wet, you don't so, like, wet like socks. if I step in a mud hole or something. You're changing socks. At, right uh, immediately. Changing shoes, too, if they're wet. Do you I don't keep want an extra pair of socks in your truck? No, not usually, mm-hmm. but... You sound like Lieutenant Dan. Well, like if I'm going to cover a high school football game on a Friday night mm-hmm. or something, I know it's going to rain or something, Will you double I up? sometimes make preparations just in case. you ever double up the socks so you can take off one and have still have socks on? It, no. Okay. Well, I mean, like if I'm cold, I'll double up. I'm just saying, like, oh, first sock is wet. wet. Whoop, just pull Well, up. if it's water, it's usually probably going to soak might, through the might. first sock. You never know. The second never sock. Know. So that doesn't help you much. Take care of your feet. That's what you're saying. Uh, number one pet peeve. My number one pet peeve is being late. I can't stand people who are late. And now, now Joel T is late almost every day. But I have. I in my have, defense, I've sat out in the parking lot and waited on you too. Well, it's true. But at the same time, like the, we're not in a rush. Yeah. We kind of we kind of just have an understanding that uh, it's somewhere in a ten between, minute yeah, time period. This and that. <laughs> but if I'm in a if I'm in a hurry, or if I we've got to be somewhere in a time and people are yes. dawdling, I want to pull my skin off. It drives me insane. So what do I do to fix it? I yell at people. Let's go. What's the hold up? Hurry it up! Drives me insane. Oh, and you have three women in the house too, so son. I can only imagine. It's tough. Blake Thompson back with us. What time does the alarm go off for you in a normal work day? Is every day scheduled different depending on season and sports that are happening? Uh, I'm pretty consistent. Yeah, same here. Um, that said, my consistent is probably not consistent. Excuse me for not silencing my phone. If my you heard the day. God. Uh, my consistent is probably different than most people's consistent in that I, 
Like, I feel like I need to go to bed later because I can consistently count on going to bed later. Yeah. Like, I can't just consistently go to bed at 10 o'clock every night because there's nights like tonight where we had a basketball game to cover, and I'm not going to be home to go to bed at 10 o'clock at night. So, I feel like for me to maintain a routine schedule, I have to go to bed like midnight to one, somewhere in there. So, I'm a late goer to better. Um, my rising times do vary sometimes, mm-hmm. though. Um, kind of depends on when kids start yelling, yeah. that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, so, I, I would say between 12 and 9 or the sleep hours, give or take there, somewhere in there. Okay, I usually get up at, I get up at 7, and I take my oldest to school at 8. And then, usually I'm in bed between 11 and 12. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I... The only reason I like to stay up late is because there's sports stuff happening. And I might need to talk about it the next day, especially you know, you're you're not as much, but like with my job with with sports talk, yeah, y'all talk about everything. Yeah, I mean, if if Kawhi Leonard breaks a leg, I need to know about that. I don't want to wake up and and have to catch up like that. So yeah, that's that, that's about what it is. As far as like sports happening, not really, because I mean, if an 11 a.m. game is coming, you know, getting up at between seven and eight is still plenty of yeah. time to get up there. So. I will say, not just sleep schedule, but with what we do. I'm not trying to make us heroes by any stretch of the imagination. But we, we are. We are. Uh, but we co- we cover games for a We can't complain too much. But when you cover, I mean, like like me, for instance, I cover every single Mississippi State sport in all seasons. Plus, there's a high school component to my job uh, covering high school basketball, baseball, football, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I don't know that people... I'm not asking anyone to feel sorry for us because, like I said, we cover games for a living. We can't complain too much. But it's kind of difficult in that I can't express how frustrating it can sometimes be to have, like, family events and plan family events Mm -hmm. and do stuff because it's like you always have to check the schedule. And quite frankly, a lot of times there's a game. (laughs) And, of course, your family, lots of times they're all off and out of school and stuff at night. Yeah. Most of the time, that's when we have to work. Like, yeah. such is the life we lead, and and, and can't complain too much because we get to do some cool things and see some cool things and go some cool places on other people's dimes. But it, it does have frustrating components to it for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's see here. Our next question comes to us from Doctor Tony Loper, the best veterinarian in the city of Vicksburg. How excited frequent is frequent or- question asker too? Yeah, yeah. Every week, we well, appreciate a, that. Well, yeah, he's he, he was a frequent guy. He was a consistent guy with, on on ABC, and now yeah. he's brought it to the rumblings. Yeah. Uh, how excited is Oregon that Taggart decided to take the Florida State job? What would Oregon's look like if he was still coaching there? You know, I, I don't know what to make of Willie Taggart because he had been a successful coach everywhere prior to Florida State, and I don't know that Jimbo Fisher just left the hole too deep to dig out of quickly. I just knew like I just know that they didn't look like they were getting any better. Um, I think Oregon would be pretty good. I mean, they might still be in the same position they're in right now. He recruited a lot of those players, but I don't know. That's a, it's a good question. Yeah, sometimes you you change locations and and the situations change and the support around you changes and the everything's different and you're just not as effective in one spot as you would be in another kind of thing. So it may not be an indictment so much on Taggart as a coach as it is just Taggart coaching there. You yeah, know, perhaps you put him in another the the situation grass isn't always greener. Yeah. You know? You know out. Uh, let's see here. Will Fry, do you think Mississippi State would ever fire a coach that consistently goes six and six to an average bowl game? I mean, if you're if you're talking about you're averaging six wins, that means you have some losing seasons in there because mm-hmm. you're not going to be six and six every year. Yeah. So I, you could probably fire that guy. 
And and I think Dan Mullen in his decade here, pretty much decade, almost decade. I think he raised the expectation to a point to where now that if that's the average, you you absolutely can fire them. Yeah. Like I, I think there was a point in time twenty years ago where you would have t- taken that for life. I don't think you're there anymore. I, I think you kind of need to. Your average needs to be seven, eight wins, and every now and then you need to bump up to nine or ten. Right. If you're averaging eight, that means you probably got some six, seven seasons and some nine, ten seasons. Yes. If you're averaging six, that means you probably might have an eight-win season, but you probably got some four-win seasons in there too. Which makes, I mean, let's say State finishes six and six this year. Right. Makes next year imperative. I mean, Joe can't pull a five and seven next year. Yeah, exactly. Because then you are kind of averaging six. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've said it before, but he's he finished six and six this year. That's okay. I know some people be happy, some people won't be, but you go into next year knowing that you're coaching for your job if you're Joe next year in, in that scenario. Right. So anyway, right. yeah, you got to average a little more than six, I think. I agree. Andrew Stevens wants to know: Do we have any update on the hump renovations? They're sort of on the back burner right now while the tennis facility gets finished. Yeah, up. that that and uh, I haven't asked John yet, but usually after football season, sometime in early December. Um, I usually try and do a sit down with with John and do a Q and A kind of deal. Um, I'll, I mean, I guess I could text him now. I don't, I don't know that uh, he'd have much to say about it, but uh, I'll, I'll try here in the next month or so to to get you a more definitive answer on That's that whenever question. we do our Q and A, assuming he's willing to do so. Yeah, and he usually is. Yeah. Ross Wainwright wants to know how many drives does Stephen last against Bama before Moorhead Moorhead realizes Schrader should be playing instead. Well, first off, we don't know what Schrader's health issue right. is. I mean, I don't know if it's... General health issues. Yeah. I mean... Everybody has those. <laughs> sure. We're all day-to-day, Brian. Um, second off, he hasn't named Stevens the starter. Right. So there's no guarantee that he's going to. I think he will, if you just made me guess. May have a better uh, idea of that today because Joe has the teleconference and then he meets with local media Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. So... We we'll, may have a better idea, although I suspect he'll kick the can down the road to next week, if I had to guess. But uh, I don't know. I think Stevens is going to – if I'm guessing, and most of this is, is guessing, I think Stevens will be given every opportunity to be your quarterback for the rest of the season. I agree. John Hem- Hemleben wants to know – I may be missing something, Has but has Fred Peters played at all this season? I heard so many positive things about him before the season, but I haven't seen him on the field. He's played in every game. His Hadn't sta- done much. He has one stat. He has one quarterback hurry against Arkansas. So last week he got he, he got his he was on the stat sheet beyond played in the game for the first time. Yeah, so, you're you're right though. Back in the uh, oh, they thought that he the, was going to be the next Abram. And this is one of those deals where Bob Shoop talked about him a lot, and we yeah. hadn't talked to Bob Shoop, yeah. so we don't really get much insight. Because really, when you ask Joe defensive questions, I mean he answers them. But to get the really in-depth stuff like you probably got last year, you need to talk to Shoop. Shoop's great with the media. You saw, you all, most of you saw that last year. He is absolutely fantastic with the media. Goes in-depth. He doesn't really give you coach-speak answers. He answers your question to the T and then sometimes gives you even more than you wanted for in your answer. I mean, he is a media guy's dream, but we don't get to talk to him. Yeah. So... I I think we'll get to sometime in the next month, I think. Maybe. Um, and if we do, I mean, that's going to be probably a really long media session since we hadn't talked to him all year. 
and you'll hopefully get clearer answers on things like that. So okay. anyway. All right. Ford Polk has some questions here for us. Ford. So, do you know Ford? You ask me that every time I say Ford. Yes, I always say yes. Okay. I know Ford. Well, now I'm going to do it just out of spite. He, uh, I think you you know who Ford is. I don't know if you'll remember him. Why do I know him? Uh, he was helping Tom Ebel out during the uh, Super Regional at WCBI. He was helping him out at that point in time. I don't remember a that. A little bit. I and, mean, uh, no offense. I just don't I don't remember. Well, you should. Ford's a good dude. <laughs> I see you making me look bad. see him at the gym all the time, too. He's, well, there's why I don't know he's him. He's working out. Yeah. Pumping right. that iron. Uh, let's see here. So now that we can compensate players once they're on campus, is there any chance that the schools actually sell personalized jerseys and jerseys? I mean, they'll have to set up a payment plan or set up a way to get you know points to the to the athletes. I would think in that instance you would have to have the athlete, of course, go through like Adidas or something. I mean, that wouldn't be through yeah. a school. Yeah, thing. yeah. The Adidas would sell the athlete, and the the contract would be with Adidas, not with the school. Mm-hmm. The school is not schools are not paying shelling players. out any money for players. I think that gets lost in that new legislation. People think the schools are paying. Right. No, no. They, this would be like if they made the video game again. EA Sports would pay the players exactly. If they, exactly. if they, you know, if, gosh, I don't know who's a car dealer in town. The who's the over there, right by campus, Cannon Motors. No, that would be the that's wrong. That's not the one. I, you, you don't want to go with that one. I wasn't talking about Cannon. I was talking about the the one closest. They already take care of some of some players. to campus on twelve over there by the Walmart neighborhood grocery thing across the over there by the the Hilton Garden Inn and stuff. I know what you're talking about. Yes, I can't think of it. I, I can't think of it. But anyway, if they wanted to have someone... Parker McGill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they wanted somebody to represent their dealership, they would pay the player. They would pay the, yeah, so it's, it's not it's, the school. It's, it's no different than if they wanted to have you represent their their business. They would pay you. Yeah. The school doesn't pay And we're them. not talking to you specifically, Ford. You may understand this. But no, I, but I'm talking about... You know, in general... In general, if you are listening and some business was like, hey, be our spokesperson and paid you, it's the same thing. Yeah. So anyway, I, I don't know why that couldn't be allowed if this gets passed and i'm so intrigued by all that because the language of of what the the board of governors of the ncaa or whatever they approved it's like we want to find a way for players to be compensated but we want to stay within the collegiate model like what does that even mean it does, it's it's just gobbledygook from the ncaa that's all it is and in it it's kind of funny too that they use the term compensated. Yeah, they don't necessarily say paid. Paid. Well, I mean, you know, compensated is a mayonnaise word. It sounds better. So. True. Uh, another one from Ford. Uh, a mayonnaise word. Mayonnaise words. Yeah. I don't know that I've heard that, but yeah, it's big words. You spread them all over the uh, the paragraph and <laughs> makes it makes it look better. Doesn't uh, taste better though. Hate no, mayonnaise. I hate mayonnaise. Knowing what they know now, would the Cleveland Browns fans just be okay not having a football team? <laughs> <laughs> they brought misery to Cleveland. It's like, you know, if you could go back in time and there just never was a Cleveland's Brown, aren't you happier if you're a Cleveland person? You know, if that misery had been shuffled off on Columbus or Toledo or something, other city in Ohio, it's a good point. I'd say no. There's always hope, I think. Is there? <laughs> Breaker Mayfield doesn't look like he has any hope. Uh, let's see here. Wyatt Funderburk is quick question here. Is Kylan Hill gone after this year? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's either. just a... Yes, but I don't think so. So I, I may have to. I have to see his mom today. I gotta go get something done with the car. Ah, tell Miss Grinda hello. I will. She's so good to me. All right, Justin Strong. Big, big fan of Miss Grinda. Waking up at an obscene three o three a.m. Uh, let's see here. People always remind you to change the clock when the time changes, but most of the actual clocks I use change automatically. The only one I have to use is change is in my truck. How many clocks did you actually have to change? Two. I had three. The oven mm-hmm. and the microwave. 
That's the only ones I have to change. Oh, I had I had three. I have I actually have a clock in our living room. Change that. The oven and the one in my car. You know, we don't even have. First off, our, our kitchen overlooks our living room, so mm-hmm. I mean, we can see the kitchen from the living room. Yeah. So we can see the clock on the microwave and the oven from the mm-hmm. living room. So I guess we do have a clock in the living room if you want to count that but we don't really have a clock in the living room period in fact i don't know that we have a i don't guess we have a other than those two we don't have a clock in our you know what's a a skill that's going to be lost very soon the ability to read a non-digital clock like our kids will not probably not be able to do that and certainly their kids won't because nobody has those kind of clocks that and cursive handwriting just out the window cursive needs to go the way of the of the dodo did you learn cursive in school like second grade or so wherever it was second i learned that like every year we had handwriting class yeah yeah and to learn like we we had to write until i got to like high school you were like required to write in cursive yeah yeah you know anyway there you go all Uh, those things are are, are going away but yeah yeah. i only had two and everything else my truck changes by itself my phone changed by itself everything the clock in my hotel room changed by itself and I was not prepared for that. My rental car clock did not change by itself. Well, I, I don't know. But I, my, like, my, I woke up, and the clock and my phone were the same, and I thought, okay, the phone didn't update. So I texted my wife, like, what time is it? And it was the time that was on both things. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, this clock just updated. That's pretty cool. You know, one of the favorite things in life, whenever mm. we're traveling, I love when we, like, change time zones. I'll stare at my phone until it changes. Yeah. <laughs> just like, Come on. I'm in, I'm <laughs> in Georgia. It, when's it happening? Here we go. Another one from Justin. Tom Hanks will play Mr. Rogers in a movie this month. Will either of you see it? And where does Tom Hanks rank among the greatest actors of all time? I will absolutely see it when it comes out. Yeah, I don't know that I'll go I see it. I won't go to the movies, but I will absolutely I'll watch, watch it. it. Yeah. And and for me, Tom Hanks is easily a top five actor for me. He's in the top five to ten for me. You know, He's in the De Niro, uh, Pacino, basically the cast of The Godfather. <laughs> There are some guys that I will just watch pretty much any movie they're in. He's yeah. one. Denzel's another one. I will Denzel watch Washington, Denzel Washington that, yeah. pretty much anything. Yeah. That's two of my favorites yeah. right there. Tom, Tom Hanks is a top ten at worst and top five probably actor of all time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, all right. A. Swenson wants to know, what the heck is Auburn fan thinking? Trying to drive Malzahn to Florida State or Arkansas. Who do they think they can get? Meyer to you? That's a different question. So who do they think? Well, here's the thing with Auburn. They got money. Yeah. And they got support. They got facilities. They got a good recruiting base. They can recruit nationally. They can go get an elite coach. They can. If you can pay, you can get an elite coach. That's why I didn't understand why they were so hell-bent on keeping Malzahn a couple years ago when he rose up, drove up the price on him. Like, just let him go and go get another coach. Especially if you're just getting Malzahn's results, which are four losses a year. Auburn could get a coach that and, could, could get them to a 9-10 wins a year. And for Auburn, their four losses a year means they're losing to everybody that they don't want to lose to, like yeah. the Georgias and the they're losing Alabamas. Georgia, Alabama, and then if, what if they lose their bowl game? They're 8-5. and five. You know, That's what Auburn is under Gus Malzahn. He's had one year, one year where he didn't lose four more games. And that was his first year. Auburn under Gus Malzahn is Mississippi State. Kind of. They got a lower. They got a higher floor. I don't think you. I mean, state could could finish five and seven. I don't know about Auburn yeah, finishing five that's, and seven or worse. All right, uh, let's see here. <laughs> Graham Yateman wants to know: Could it be that Joey Jones still has a job because he is the guy that is responsible for Joe Moorhead's Twitter quotes? <laughs> I don't think that's the case at all. If you ever met Joe Moorhead, he he's got a great I, vocabulary. I, I, I'm willing to uh, bet lots of money that those Joe Moorhead quotes are Joe Moorhead quotes. 
Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see what happens to Joey Jones, though, really. Like, does he – could he get a, a, a group of five head coaching no. job, like one of the lower tier deals? I don't, um, could I don't he, think so. I mean, does he get moved into, like, some kind of office job and stay at State and then somebody else come in? I don't know. No. He's, he, social club. He's got to go. Uh, Joey Jones has caused Mississippi State fans lots of heartache the last three yeah, years or so, yeah. from beating the South Alabama to uh, to the last year or two of special teams. Yeah, it's not been the relationship with Joey Jones has not been a good one. Yeah, all right, seems Jay, like a good dude though. Jay Smith wants <laughs> for yeah, yeah, worth. Yeah. Jay Smith wants to know, uh, other than your current job, what is your favorite and your least favorite job you ever had? Least favorite, easy. Mm-hmm. The summer after high school, worked for the town of Ackerman. What were you doing? Weed-eated from about 7 a.m. to 5 oh, p.m. Yeah. every single day. But you got some tan. In the 100-something some... degree Mississippi summer. But you had a good tan. Every ditch in town, every... Oh, my gosh, man. That's a I'll tell you time. what, that made you want to go to college Yeah, real quick. What, um, what, what's your best job other than this one? Uh, you know, the, I, I really... I pretty much worked in sports my whole life, yeah. except for, I mean, I had the three years at the church, which I still kind of do the church thing, too, so I still kind of do everything I've always done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, the, one of, I, I guess if you just made me lay out a dream scenario kind of deal, though, I mean, I've never done this, um, I, I would love to do play-by-play baseball. You know, that's, yeah, that's not, not a job. That's not had. something that I've had. Yeah, that's, I mean, but like I ask you what your dream job is. But I mean, I have to say what I'm doing now because I've pretty much always done in some shape, form, or fashion this. Mm-hmm. All right. For me, uh, my least favorite job was my first job. I worked at Burger King. That was not a fun job. Very hot back there by the grill. Was it the one here? No, no. I lived in Vicksburg. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, uh, favorite job that I had, other than the one I've had, I've only had a few jobs. See, that's me. Like, I don't really. Yeah. I've, yeah. I haven't had a job. When I was running the show at Papa John's, that was great. It was good to be in charge. I haven't had a job that I just didn't really want to go to other than the summer after high school. I didn't really want to weed eat from 7 to 5 every day. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the only job I've ever had that I just really didn't want to go to. Right. Um, I tell you what, I mean, it's not that I'm really knowledgeable about this, but I mean, I've, I've done it plenty, seeing as how my family owns a funeral home. Uh, I worked a lot of funerals, you know, in my in, in my day. That's a I respect the mess out of my dad and, and brother for for doing that all the time because I, especially in Ackerman, like everybody that dies, you know them. I mean, that's a tough gig. That's an emotional like you, you, to see people hurt on a daily basis on that level. I mean, I've done it a little bit, and it's not easy. And then that, to make a career out of that, I'm, I funeral directors, my family included. Some special folks, man. That's right. a tough gig. Rob Montgomery. I'm sorry, I skipped one. Ryan Nelson, good friend of mine. At this very moment, who's a better offensive coordinator, Joe Moorhead or Rich Rodriguez? You know, I think I'd go Joe. I would, too. Rod, I don't know what Rich Rod is doing up there. I have no idea. But it's not working. At least with Joe, it's like he's not switching quarterbacks in and out. He's got two guys that are basically the same sort of guy. You know, the play calling looks, you know, it's not working. The execution isn't there, but... The I feel pl- like he has a plan. Yeah. 
I don't know that the plan is working, but I feel like he has a plan. With, with Rich Rod, it just, what he's doing doesn't make sense. you, you got to pick one of those two guys and go forward. I agree with Joe. Is One thing he said is, like, I don't like to rotate quarterbacks. I agree. Don't. Just pick a guy and go with him. That's your guy. Ole Miss needs to get needs to. Well, I say that they need to not get on that program. They need to continue to rotate and screw things up. Uh, Rob Montgomery. I became a father on Halloween night. Is that you're a religious man? Is that a problem? No. You sure? Okay. No, I'm not a big superstition guy. Doesn't okay. matter. All right. Best tips you can give a fa- first time father with a newborn girl. Uh, as a man who's done this twice, uh, the fact that they're a girl is sort of meaningless until they're older. It, all that matters is that's how you're dressing them and how you're. Uh, you're the toys you're buying for them, basically. Yeah. Um, but for me, as they get older, I have learned to just go with the flow of things. I don't try to interject myself very often, uh, you know, because I don't really know what's going on in their head. If that was a, if I had a 13 year old son, I would probably be a lot more active in in terms of how I direct him, because I know what's going on in his head. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in my daughter's head, so I'm just like whatever she says. I just sort of listen, and you know. I, I try to agree with as much as I can, and when I when I she, she has to reach a point where I'm just like, okay, no, we can't do that. That's as far as I'm willing to take it. But for the most part, yeah, I am very uh very much wrapped around their fingers kind of thing. But they they, they know there's a limit too. So yeah, I I tell you what, I hate. There's part of me that still would like to have a little girl. Mm-hmm. That mean I'd have three kids in the house. Wow. Ooh. Well, and thing is though, if I had another, he just talked himself out of it. If I had another kid. The, the statistical odds, if you look through my family bloodline, is that I'd have a third boy. Yeah. Um, but it, not there's anything wrong with that either. But what I, where I was going with that is, if I ever have a girl, or if I had had girls, I'd hate to see how much of a softy I am a little bit. Because, I mean, I can be a little tough on, on I'm not tough on Kate, he's just a year old, but I can be a little tough on Cal T from time to time. But I'm not all that tough. I can fully admit that. And Your like, kids they, are still young, too. Yeah. They they kind of have me wrapped around their finger a little bit, even as, as, as kids. But the, if, they, if I had a girl, I would just be just Mr. Soft. The youngest one said something the other day, and I got to give her the old pop on the back of the head that I got a ton of when I was a kid. <laughs> and I, I, I forget what she said, but I just looked at her. I was like, what is wrong with you? And she looked at me. I was like, you can't say that out loud. <laughs> In, in, in fairness, I, I probably need to have some lessons with somebody on being a little tougher on Cal T, probably. You might need that. Because, I don't know, man. Go talk to your dad. I bet he was plenty tough. Yeah, I mean, he, he could be, but he's always, I mean. Is he a softy? No, I mean, softy's not the right word, but, I, I mean. He, I, I know you need to When he it. spoke, when whenever he wanted to get his point across, I knew right. kind of deal. All like right. I, And I think I'm that way with Cal. Like, I'm not, like, super, super, super duper strict or whatever, but. There's that moment where when I speak, he knows that I mean it. Yeah. And so I think I'm doing an okay job, to be honest with you. I can but get you in touch with my Uncle Vic. He'll he'll teach you how to be the disciplinarian. Vic from Vicksburg. Yeah, Vic and Vicksburg. He'll <laughs> he'll teach you. You'll know. You'll know after that. Anyway. All right. I don't think I'm gonna have any trouble being a little tougher when he gets older, I'll be honest with you. Brian McDuff wants to know, in honor of Veterans Day, what's the best flyover you've ever seen? Hmm. <sighs> Best flyover I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to come off as flippant here, mm-hmm. and I enjoy flyovers, mm-hmm. but they're kind of all the same, except for like Doc Vogel's song flying that's over. That, isn't that number on one? Crop no, that's not number one. It's not number one. It's one of the ones that sticks out as unique. The rest so, of them are kind of similar. For me, it's not that I saw it; I heard it, and that's back in Jackson. I forget whose state was playing, 
But they they brought out and I'm talking about they they flew over a couple of jets, not airplanes, jets, and they could not have been more than a hundred feet from the top of the stadium. Yeah, where near near where I was sitting. I have never heard anything that loud in my life. Yeah, I, I mean, that, it literally felt like a train going. When on. I was in Atlanta for the game one of the division series back a month or two ago, um, that flyover that day was kind of similar. It was incredibly loud. Yeah. Like I, from where I was sitting, I, other than on the, the video board in front of me, I couldn't really see them, but, man, it was loud. So, But, yeah, to me, I love them. I hope they keep doing them. But, mm. by and large, flyovers kind of all, all right. are similar. Alex Barham has a couple of questions, and you you may know the answer to the first one. I do not. When will the MSU baseball roster be finalized? Probably not until January, you would think, right? I mean, there have been seasons where we get there on opening day, and we're like, is this guy yeah. playing? Is he still in the – like, there have been some – I don't know when the day is, to be honest with you. Okay. I, I probably should, but I don't. All right. What is your favorite restaurant anywhere in the state of Mississippi? Ooh. Depends on what city I'm in, right? Favorite restaurant anywhere in the entire state. I I don't I hadn't eaten there a ton. Anthony's and West Point's up there. Really good, really good. It, it's up there for sure. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one that just immediately pops to mind as a contender. What mm-hmm. where you you throw out some here in Starville Restaurant Tyler. Uh, yeah, Tyler's good. In Oxford, my favorite restaurant is is probably Ajax Diner. Um, in Hattiesburg, it's Crescent City Grill and Ed's Burger Joint. I love Ed's Burger Joint. Um, in Vicksburg, in my hometown, would be the Beachwood. You get your steak there. Um, you know, I don't really have one in Jackson because I'm never like in Jackson to eat. Yeah, I'm, I'm just there for lunch usually. Yeah. So it's like I never go to dinner in Jackson. I don't know, but that's some of mine. I think we threw out some good ones. And Anthony's would be on my list yeah. as well for sure. Uh, and uh, uh, Two Brothers is on my list, so I love eating there. Shelby Beach says her wife, my wife, I'm sorry, my, <coughs> I screwed that up. Shelby Beach says my wife decided our family needed a kitten last week. Do you have any advice for a first-time cat owner? So I have, cats I'm and girls, that's that's all my, my, my expertise. Your territory. Um, they're going to claw and bite you a lot. Don't get mad at them <laughs> until they figure it out that they can't do it anymore. Like my first cat, I mean, he he... He would get in the bed when we were trying to sleep and just bite us. So, And then we put him in his carrier, and then he would meow the whole night. He didn't like that either. So he eventually he figured out to stop biting us. But it's going to take some time. Well, one of your cats still, you can't pet him on the head, right? No, Samson, you can't pet Samson, him uh, on, on the belly. On the belly, that's yeah. right. Yeah, if you do that, he will bite you. Yeah, because I remember uh, Jennifer was telling Cal T don't. a few weeks ago, like, you can pet him. Don't pet him on the belly. <laughs> yeah, just don't. Just stay at the, the head yeah. is the area to get Samson, yeah. Uh, Trotter Flynn, when driving on the interstate, cruise control or no cruise control? Usually cruise. Yeah, I put the cruise on. Um, it does depend on like weather conditions, right? Or, if it's, or if it's traffic, raining, yeah. like if there's traffic everywhere, I'm probably not gonna do. Right, cruise. right. But if but, I'm just driving along and I got space, cruise control is on. I'm here to tell you, driving home from uh, Arkansas from Fayetteville at ten, you know, ten p.m. to five a.m. Mm-hmm. Cruise control. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if there's nobody on the road. Nobody's on the road. Just but yeah, if, if I gotta navigate through traffic and, and then the cruise is off, yeah, it's just it just makes sense. Rob Hadway wants to know: Has anybody talked to Brian Cole to find out if he's down with Adam Cole, baby? Yes, they I did. did. I did, and I've tried to get him to do the boom when he gets a pick or something. He hasn't done it yet. He said he's gonna do it, but he he hasn't done it yet. But I did. I explained the whole thing to him. Hashtag baby. Uh, let's see here. 
Wes Williamson, the godfather of Bulldog Sports Radio, God rest its soul. If we average eight wins from 2020 to 2022, would you consider the Moorhead hiring a success? Absolutely. Yeah. Eight wins a year? Yes. That means you're probably having some nines. Yeah, especially and... if you're nine, eight, seven in there. Yeah. Yes, I would take that. Yeah. Everybody should take that. 100%. Uh, dear Old State, who is your all time favorite college football play by play announcer for television? And who's your current all-time? favorite? All time? Yeah. So who's your all time favorite? Probably Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson. No. For me, it's Ron Franklin. Really? Yeah, that guy's great, even though he's an old Miss guy. And then currently, the best is, is Brad Nessler. He's currently the best. I'll tell you who does some college football that I love to hear his voice, and it's a maybe it's not really a stupid reason, but it's just tied to my childhood and my Braves fandom. When Sean McDonough. Yeah, when great. He, when he does, Much better at college football. When he does college football, then because he, he called the – the, 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 the CBS ninety two NLCS Sid Breen yeah. Francisco Cabrera thing. I watch it. Yeah. So anytime I hear his voice, man, it just sends a a, a, a happy chill up my spine to, right. to hear it. So I, I really like whenever he does it. Right. Um, somebody I kind of like personally is Tom Hart. I just Tom I, I, Hart's I, good. I like him from, and that's the, another Braves tie. But I've the also, nice he dropped the other day was fantastic. <laughs> Was, was really really good, and, and I, of course I've got to talk to him a few times now since we share press boxes. Okay, so I really like when Tom. You know, you know who's he's not the play by play guy, but he's totally different than what you expect. But Pat McAfee is so dang funny. I, he's doing the egg ball too. The people who don't come to the egg ball and watch on TV, you're in for a treat with Pat McAfee. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. I'm gonna have to record the game. All right, uh, Kurt says big big time decommitment this week in football and on the D line where we have a strong history. How much is an impact due to this year's turmoil on Cloudy Future now that it seems we're in full rebuild mode? Okay, Kurt. You need to get you a subscription to 24-7 Sports <laughs> uh, and let Gene and Paul and Steve and those guys take care of you. Because if you did and you had one like I do, you would know that this was not a big-time decommitment. Mississippi State dropped this guy because he wanted to play defensive end at 215 pounds and he wasn't even starting for his junior college. Yep. He had to go. So this wasn't him leaving Mississippi State. Mississippi State had stopped being – this guy was decommitted – or not decommitted. He was dropped two, three weeks ago, if not longer. And it was just a question of when was he going to go public. And this is one of the, the, the problems of recruiting is a kid can come out and say, I'm decommitting, and Coach Moorhead can't just come out and say, well, not actually. Yeah. You know, because he can't talk about him. So not a big-time decommitment. So none of the other premises are, are an issue there. Not many 215-pound DNs in the SEC. No. John Jeffrey Nelson, is it Capri or Jaquarius? Nickname Capri. It's, it's Jaquarius is his name. Yes. Capri is his nickname. David Adams. And he told us that story. Yeah. When his, his, dad, his dad was... Uh, was Capri. Yeah. Yeah. David Adams, who's your favorite non-superstar Rick Stansberry-era basketball player? So who wasn't a star but that, that you liked? Billy Begley. That's a good choice? He, because I knew him, and so okay. I was, it was always just a thrill to see whenever Phil he Turner would... is mine. Yes, that is... That's a dude that had some big games too. Yeah. He 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 didn't he did not have any problem taking the last shot. I liked him. So, uh, let's see here. Neil Tullis wants to know: Do people ever confuse you with another person on the MSU beat? If so, is that good or bad for you? I have never been. No one's ever been like, "Hey, aren't you You're, Logan?" Long, you'd be pretty own. tough to. You, Logan would be the only one you could even confuse yeah. you with. And same with you. Who's gonna? Who who else looks like you? Yeah, not yeah. not many people as sexy as me. You're That's, right. I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I actually, and a lot of it has to do with this show, probably. But I actually am 
for for MSU beat writer purposes, I'm no celebrity by any means, but a lot of people actually now recognize me because of I guess Twitter and the show kind yeah. of deal. So no, I I don't guess anybody's ever came up and said, "Hey, are you Horka." Yeah, yeah, and so nah. Nah. anyway, uh, we're here. all buddies though. So if anybody wanted to call me Horka or Portnoy or I guess those are the only two that you would even might could yeah, confuse maybe, me with. Maybe. <laughs> Nobody's maybe. calling me Robbie. No, no. <laughs> so you could be Paul. Oh man, hi man. I mean, I'm like 15 years his junior, but... Yeah, but y'all are both sort of, you know, down-home country guys. Yeah. You know. All right, uh, T-Rob, if Jomo had a job besides coaching, what would it be? Maybe a media member of some kind. He was at one time. Because that's what he was. I think he'd be like a teacher. I think he might be a professor of English at Fordham University. Yeah. Yeah, we're taking a contemporary English lit with Dr. Moorhead. You know... People are going to probably laugh at this and think I'm taking a shot at him. I'm not. He really could, I think, be a, like a motivational speaker kind of deal. Because I, I really feel like with the cliche, <laughs> in the right setting, when you're not trying to, you know, when you're not dealing with a football fan base that's tired of losing kind of deal, when you're just trying to inspire people a little bit with words, I mean, he's kind of a little bit of a, a wordsmith. I know it kind of gets old when you're hearing some of the same things when you keep losing football games. I get that, but... I don't know. He's had some speeches before that kind of would get me fired up. So I, I think he could do multiple things. Okay. Talented uh, dude. Let's see here. Clay Crowder. More likely. Basketball is a Sweet 16 team. Baseball is one of the last four in Omaha. <sighs> I'm tempted to lean towards Sweet 16. I'm tempted to lean towards Omaha. Really? Yeah. I, I got big plans for this MSU baseball team. I think they're going to be really, really good. I think they're going to be good. But the, the, the reason I'm really – baseball is such a you got to be hot at the right time kind mm-hmm. of deal. I agree. I mean, even this year's state team mm-hmm. didn't get to the Final Four in Omaha. It didn't, but I, I just think they, they've got, so a, they got a lot they of guys. They didn't get to the Final Four in Omaha, and you lose Ethan, and you lose Jake, and you lose Mike McNamee. I mean, that's a, that's a tall order to say. I'm not disagreeing, but that, – that, that, that this team is going to be, what, a win or so away from playing national. I, I, like, I, I feel like they're going to get there. That's tough to say. I feel I, like they're going to get there. I pray you're right, because that means we're in Omaha for a week or two and eating lots of Big Mama's fried chicken. So. Ooh, that's good stuff. Spezia. <laughs> oh, yes. And if they're there that long, we may get it twice. We would get it twice, yeah. Andrew Noble wants to know, can we tell them anything about the new baseball recruits? Every time I open Twitter, it seems Lilonis is welcoming a new dude. Just want to know whether the recruiting class is ranked or not. That, that Baseball recruiting is something that's just so difficult to follow. 24-7 doesn't do it. You almost have to go to like perfect game. and uh, You have to pay for something somewhere yeah. to but get that it. Said, I don't pay for a D1 subscription. When I have looked at the players and looked at what they are, when he when I find out who the commitments are, they're all great. This, is, this, this next class, the class of 2020 that's going to sign, I guess, in a few weeks, is going to be a highly rated class for Mississippi State. Now, highly rated enough that the state will lose a lot of it to the draft. They will lose of the top ten guys. They could lose like eight of them. You got to do that, but though. you got to do it. It's better to have because if you get if you get two, you got an elite class. So. If you get if you get two, you got two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's better than getting none. Yeah. Christopher Gates wants to know why do you think I Brian is more likely to engage with someone on Twitter who is negative or hateful to him. That's supposed to someone who just speaks kindly to him. Well, let's look at it like this. If we're just walking down the street, and I, you know, I don't know you, but I just walk past you and go, hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? What are you going to do? You say, hey, how you doing? And just walk, keep on walking, right? But if you walk by them like, what's up, jerk? That's going to draw a reaction, isn't it? And I assume this is about the uh, the guy from Saturday who made the comment about me being a walking heart attack. 
To which I, the, the main reason I went after that guy is this. These anonymous troll accounts, I'm done with those. You come at me, we're, I'm fighting back. You don't, don't sit there and call me fat when I don't even know what you look like. You could be sitting on your couch looking like the guy from the World of Warcraft episode of South Park. You know, flicking potato chips crumbs off your, off your shirt. So I don't know who you are. Don't act like you know me. Don't act like we're friends. So, but that said, if somebody's nice to me on Twitter, they're like, hey, enjoy the show, I tend to reply back, be like, hey, I appreciate it. And especially if we meet in person. Like last night, we, we met a fan last night, came over to the press row and spoke to us. And you know, like I tried to be, I'm, I, was, I thought I was nice to the guy. I hope I was. You know, he's like, hey, love the show, appreciate it. And I was like, hey, man, we appreciate you. And you know, we, we do appreciate all our listeners. Yep. So. You know? Yeah, I, I think. But that, that said, if somebody takes a shot at me on Twitter, yeah, I'm gonna fight back on that. I do think sometimes, and I'm guilty like you. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that I had my uh, mini war against anonymous Twitter accounts. But I do think sometimes that some of the some of the anonymous Twitter accounts, mm-hmm. in some instances, now sometimes you just have jerks. But in some instances, I think they f- they feel like they know us. They kind don't. of deal, and we don't know them. Yeah, so and so it's, it, to us, it's a random person taking a shot at us. Mm-hmm. To them, it's I kind of know them, even you don't. though even though you don't. You don't. And it is, so it's weird. So I mean, it's basically like for us, it's like you're driving down the road, and there's a random person over here flipping you off. Yeah. For you, it's like you're flipping off your buddy, yeah. and, which is kind of like <laughs> you are not. Anyway, need to make that so clear. just trying to draw out how that is perceived and seen but for the record uh I, my war against anonymous accounts for the moment's over i'll let you fight that well, i mean I, I don't have a war against them and just when, <laughs> it's just battles man when they pop up they pop up so joel, right. joel t has uh has reconciled and mm-hmm. love you all here's our last question today holden blake out of all the power five conferences which conference has the best cities to visit on road trips and how would you rank the conferences so i got to thinking about this question because i saw it a little earlier and you think about like I'm thinking like the big cities, right? Like the ACC, you got Miami mm-hmm. and Boston, uh, and sort of Washington D.C. because it's close enough to Maryland. Yeah. Uh, and the SEC, you don't really Nashville is really the biggest city in the conference. Um, the Big Ten has Chicago, that's a big that's a good that's a good thing. Um, the Pac-12 has Seattle, Los Angeles. You're close enough to San Francisco, close enough to Portland. Yeah, Conference USA has Dallas and New Orleans. So for me, like the SEC might be at the bottom. Like for terms of college towns, it's it's great. But in terms of like, you know, best cities to visit on a road trip, I think you might want to be looking at like the ACC. Well, truthfully, part of the reason that the SEC is the, I mean, that it just means more tag and all that junk. Yeah. Part of the reason is probably because a lot of these towns, they are built on SEC football. Period. Yeah. I mean, Starkville. What would it be without SEC football? No, I agree. You know, Oxford, what would it be without SEC football? I mean, you go down the list, and it's the same way for a lot of these towns. Whereas, I mean, you take you take ACC football out of Miami. Who cares? Yeah. You know, no, you're I mean, right, you're it's still right. a – so I, I feel like that part yeah. of what makes the SEC the, the special making, that it is is because the cities that are, it's in are kind of built around the if SEC. If you're making a football road trip, then it's the SEC, maybe the Big Ten. If you're making a non-football road trip, you just want to go somewhere, it's the Pac-12 probably. Yeah. So what conference is UNLV in? Mountain West? That's the answer. That's where we're going. So You love some Vegas, don't you? I do. I do. All right. Tomorrow's show, uh, I don't know. Got to find some things to talk about with the bye week happening. And we'll figure that all out. We'll uh, break down the Mississippi gubernatorial election. I, I promise you we are not going to do that.
We'll do something else, though. All right, guys, have a great uh, Wednesday. Back with you on Thursday morning for Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Brian Haydad, thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.